0: As the United States celebrates Memorial Day amid a pandemic, we look at the state of the Veterans Administration, which provides health care for millions of veterans in this country. According to our next guest, the VA is in declining health due to inadequate funding and a gradual process of privatization that is stripping the VA of even more of the resources that it needs to do its job. Osam-Ati is Osam-Ati served in Iraq from... 2003 to 2006, he recently wrote an article for us titled, As COVID Rages, Will will the VA Be There for Future Generations of Veterans? Assam, welcome to the show. Hi, John. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Yes, thanks for joining us. Uh, So in, in your article, you write, quote, as I shelter in place in the American epicenter of the world's worst pandemic in 100 years... I'm worried the VA will be unable to fulfill its mission to care for future generations of veterans or serve civilian sector patients in a national emergency. Uh, Can you elaborate on what's been happening at the VA that leads you to believe this?
1: Absolutely. So there's a couple of major transitions that have taken place legislatively that have affected the VA quite dramatically. Um, The first was the Choice Act, which took place under the George W. Bush administration, which was uh, sold to the American people as, or at least to the veteran community, as a way to improve veteran healthcare by allowing more flexibility and choice for veterans so that they could go to the private sector under certain circumstances. Uh, but what that did was it froze a lot of VA funding, uh, specifically for external care, so that the VA no longer had as much funding to spend internally on its needs. Um, and not only that, but it actually made uh, getting that external care much more uh, laborious for veterans when they needed it. So the VA had its hands tied to provide care, and then veterans had to jump through more complicated hoops to get care. Uh, the most recent iteration of this is something called the Mission Act, which was passed, uh, I believe last year, 2019. And it is a further push to send more funds to the private sector, uh, and thus sending more veterans to the private sector. Um, and as a result, further funding has been, has been, uh, you know, segregated from the veterans uh internal budget and is being forced to be spent outside the va um, just... the other thing the other part of that quotation was about uh the, the VA serving the general public. And one of the things that people don't realize is the VA serves an integral role in pandemics and or national disasters by serving the general public. It's its fourth mission. And here in New York, all of the VA facilities during the height of the, the COVID-19 crisis a couple months ago, opened their doors to the general public when private hospitals were too overwhelmed to take patients.
0: Mm. And and can you describe uh what you've seen uh when you've sought out care uh, both at the VA and when you've uh, entered these private uh networks uh what 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 are the results on the ground that you've experienced as someone who uses these services
1: Absolutely. So I've actually witnessed a couple of things. Uh, Like I said, the the hoops that you have to jump through to get some of this external care is a bit more rigorous than than the integrated system that exists within the VA. One of the things that's great about the VA is all of the all of the departments communicate with each other. All of your records are in one place. So If you see one doctor and go to another doctor, they know exactly what's going on. what I had to go through to get care uh, one time when I was uh, waiting something like 45 days for an appointment was schedule my own appointment externally, and then that doctor uh, basically refused to deal with the VA on their own, forced me to take the bill. I ended up being the intermediary between the the care provider and the Veterans Administration. And in the end, the Veterans Administration refused to pay the bill, so I got stuck with the, the multiple-thousand-dollar bill for this health care that should have been Provided by the VA. Uh, and that was under the Choice Act. Um, and one of the other things that I've seen since the Mission Act has passed is much, much more extended wait times in certain clinics. So uh, because of the funding uh, issues, the VA doesn't have the ability to staff properly. Uh, And not only does it not have the ability to staff properly because of lack of funding, but actually Secretary Wilkie has instilled a hiring freeze on most uh, veterans' uh, network facilities so that they can't actually hire staff when they need them. So one time I went to see a gastroenterologist. I, I arrive on the floor that the clinic is on, and I see patients scattered about the hallway overflowing the waiting room sitting on the floor and i realized they were all waiting for the same clinic and that was because there was only one doctor on staff and the veterans administration did not have the flexibility to staff the 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 clinic fully at that time
0: Mm. if this is uh reforming the va i'd hate to see what uh dismantling it looks like but um something uh Uh, you've mentioned before, is that uh, during your time serving in Iraq, you saw all sorts of uh, privatization within the the military itself and the profiteering that went on. Can you describe that a little bit, just to give us a sense of how what we're seeing at the VA is just sort of a continuation of uh, other trends?
1: Yeah, I think this is something that's been taking place at the federal government level for a few administrations now, um, and perhaps since reagan i mean i don't know i haven't been alive that long but um it's uh when i was in iraq i noticed you know the the military is is designed to be fully self sufficient right uh, there's cooks and there's and there's laundry specialists and there's construction and there's intelligence and there's combat and there's everything right um, but when you – in modern warfare, when you deploy, what you realize is companies like Kaki and Lockheed Martin and Northrop Grumman and Kellogg, Brown and Root and Halliburton and, and all of these large defense contractors are taking huge sums of money from the federal government and government contracts to do the jobs – that the military is trained to do and the military because it is a federal government position obviously pays less than the private sector. So in the end, the taxpayer is paying significantly more money for the services that the military should be doing, uh, to outsource it to the private sector, and that's exactly what's taking place now with the healthcare system, with the Veterans Administration. Um, there's a huge push for privatization because everybody uh, on the right seems to think that government is terrible, and we need to and we need to shrink it at all costs. Um, but what's going to happen in the end is it's going to cost the taxpayer more money because private sector doctors cost more money than VA doctors. So if we shut down the VA and send everybody to the private sector, it's going to end up being a bigger burden financially on our already totally bloated deficit, uh, not to mention the fact that private sector doctors are not totally equipped to handle the issues that the VA is, is uh, equipped to handle. If I may, there's a, there was a RAND Corporation study in 2018 it called a Ready or Not, and it basically analyzed the, the effectiveness of the, the private sector for veterans' care. And one of the key statistics that was very interesting was <clears throat> that each private sector primary care physician has somewhere between 2,100 and 3,400 patient panel, um, and about 1% to 5% of those patients are veterans. So all of these doctors that were interviewed as a part of this study were totally willing to take veterans because, of course, it's more money, right? But because they're only 1% to 5% of their patient panel, they were not willing to take the time and effort to to do the coursework that would, that would be required for them to be fully knowledgeable of veterans' issues, right? I think uh, I've mentioned this before, but, like, imagine a veteran steps into a doctor's office complaining of chest pain. A doctor is not necessarily – uh, abreast of the issues that veterans face in war, so they're going to think asthma or some sort of run-of-the-mill respiratory issue, and they're not going to think burn pits. And perhaps there's a as, as a more devious sort of issue taking place that needs a different set of medical treatments that right. they're just not equipped to uh, treat.
0: Right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to leave it there. I mean, one other thing I just wanted to note: there's been a lot of uh, soldiers' homes, including. Uh, one in Holyoke, Massachusetts, has gotten a lot of attention where the COVID uh, virus uh, ran rampant and aging veterans uh, perished in large numbers. I know some of that had to do with um, inadequate funding at the state level. But it, it mm-hmm. seems like uh, we really have a problem here with the commitment uh, our society made to the people who are sent off to these uh, wars has been forgotten or abandoned or people are just looking to uh, you know, make money on the side. Um, but I, I, I thank you for coming on the show tonight and, and helping explain this. it's uh, It's a really troubling situation and and I encourage everybody to uh, read Assam's uh, article, which is uh, currently featured on independent dot org.
1: Thank you so much for having me, John. I would encourage people to check out the veterans policy uh, Veterans Healthcare Policy institute. they're They're a great resource for this. And also, if people are uh, ready to reach out to representatives, uh, Senate Bill 853, the Remove the Air Commission Act, is something that's very important. And is, and if we can get rid of that particular piece of legislation, uh, that would be very beneficial for the future of the
0: VA. Great. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Okay. Thank you, Assam.